Hey, hey, Podcastians, welcome to Mini PC Show, episode 129. I'm quite orange. Couldn't get the white balance work right tonight, but I am here. My name is Door to Door Geek. I am joined tonight by Brett and Rich, uh, two of the miniest PC fanatics I know of. Uh, this show is brought to you tonight by Jill and Steve, a uh, longtime Patreon started their Patreon support on May 4th, 2018. Uh, cannot thank them enough for their support throughout the years is the way I'll put it. Um, the easiest way to support us, link should be in the notes. It should be to uh, patreon.com slash the mini PC show. Uh, super simple way to support those who support you. Um, hey, Brett, how has everything been going, man? Been going pretty good. Uh, can't complain. Uh, no one would listen if I did anyway. Um been doing a lot of stuff with a lot of uh different electronics uh some automation stuff a lot of home assistant stuff especially for the rvs um been having a lot of fun uh how about you door how you been honestly i've been normal crazy um i honestly was trying to think i can't even remember the last time we did a show so i'm gonna say i'm pretty sure since the last time we recorded not only did I have uh, COVID, which I'm pretty sure was the weakest one, uh, but basically every single person I know of, it seemed like, had it at almost the same time right after Christmas, right around the first week of the year. Um, except for that, just, you know, keeping up on all the mini PC news, uh, really still completely satisfied with all the hardware I bought. I have no rushing need to go out and buy anything extreme right now, uh, but I can see that changing really soon. Yeah, um, I did order... See, I think 10 of those uh, $5 coupons for the uh, I think the new uh, Razda, I think, oh no, the new Rock 5. Um, so that'll be fun. I have a few ideas for a few different things. Should I, how many did I get? Did I get three or five of them? I, I forget. I think you got three of them. Wow, I, uh, you're, you're a baller. Well, not yet, but I will once, uh, hopefully once uh, it's available. So basically you pay, was it $5 a board? No, no, it's five dollars to get the uh, to right, get fifty dollars right. off the board. Yeah, five dollars to get fifty dollars off. So realistically, if you spend fifty bucks and you buy one board, you break it even. No, 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 it's well. I'm saying if if you spend fifty bucks and only buy one board, you could sell oh, your yeah, slots. Yeah, 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 definitely. I was like, hey, let me throw in. I I I don't know if I bought three or five. I I forget which, but uh, I I know I told you guys. You guys probably remember better than I do. And that How about was you, Rich. What's sorry? Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say that was the Rock Five Model B, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah, I I'd actually have to look, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's been a while. I just uh, until uh, Brett mentioned it again, I forgot about it. Yeah, looks like Rock Five Model B, uh, five dollars US. Um, pre-order policy. Check it or read the Rock Five B model. Um, Rock Five Model B is the latest Redaxa SBC with Pico ITX form factor, 2.5 inch, um, which was 100 by 72 millimeters, uh, powered by the all new powerhouse RK3588 system on a chip, um, efficient performance, uh, 4 gig, 8 gig, or 16 gig of RAM configuration. That was the one, yeah, yeah, because 16 gig RAM configuration yes. on a single board computer is the new hotness, while Raspberry Pi can barely do eight. So when you place, when you reserve your order slot for five dollars, you got to specify which configuration you want. So I, I did yeah. all sixteen. Yeah, same here. But you know what? So I, I kind of like this. Uh, so the, the good angle of this is they know who's kicking the tires and who's really serious. 
not that five bucks makes you over serious, but it's enough that you said, yes, I want it. Whereas everybody says, oh, do this, do that, you know, write me an API that does this, but nobody forks up the money or actually wants it in the end. You know, the bad is I, I don't think they're going to run away with my $5, and if they do, they got 15 bucks for me. Yeah. Well, the way I'll put it is um, chip shortage kind of thing. Raspberry Pi Foundation announcing they do not expect to have any, like, normal in-stock levels till 2023 is a blessing for other board manufacturers. Yeah, it really is. Um, I can honestly see Pine, Redaxa, Rock, all of these people literally doubling, tripling, or in some cases, five-fold increasing the amount of customers and supporters and contributors they have to their hardware just because and it's like the law of big numbers. The reason why Raspberry Pi cannot offer normal stock levels is it requires millions of chips. Where Redaxa only need a couple thousand, and they're going to make like a high percentage of people happy because they don't have you know six million people around the world trying to hurry up and click buy. So honestly, I see this being like the big stepping stone to Ra um Ra Daxa making their ways to dare I say the big league. I really do. I I believe the same thing because it's it's just going to give everyone else the you know the opportunity to to throw down to uh, to actually get everything get the traction that they need when Raspberry Pi is just trying to get the uh, IPO. Sorry, for some reason I couldn't find this in my notes. When I know if I see a board like this, I'm clicking save, uh, but I didn't see it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have the attention span and honestly the money at the time in order to pre-order any of these boards. But when I see 16 gigs of RAM, I see... And the, if I remember correctly, the uh, article that I sent along said something like, this is the first desktop level single board computer. Um, I will say, contraire mon because I've been saying the term now for literally 10 years, we're looking for a desktop-like experience. And this with 16 gigs of RAM, with the new uh, 3588 uh, RK chip, I definitely see being very close to desktop-like from maybe three years ago for a lot of things, not for, you know, 4K video editing or anything, but for a lot of normal day-to-day routines, this could very easily take the place of a laptop from just a couple years ago. I mean, look at the, uh, look at what they're doing with like some of the retro gaming and stuff. It's ridiculous. And then something like this is going to come along and you're going to be able, I mean, a Raspberry Pi 4 can do, I believe, PlayStation 1, possibly PlayStation 2. No, no, PlayStation 2 is impossible for almost anything. But, you know, you got the uh, some of the better boards. I think this one's going to be able to just blow everything out of the water. You know, some some of these single board computers can take, you know, the emulation where you have to be five times faster than the thing that you're emulating. It's just going to be able to do it like nothing. Yeah, I mean, like here, okay, now we kept focusing on 16 gig of RAM. Now, here's the reason why. It's a yardstick. A very simple, easy yardstick to use on single board computers is how much RAM can it support because it's a differentiator, period. But that's not really all the stats. And maybe to some of you, even not the important stats. Okay. Uh, new RK3588 ARM processor, quad core uh, processor um, with uh, up to 8K decode in its GPU. Okay. Um, again, 4816 gig of LPDDR4 RAM plus. Supports Wi-Fi 6E, which is kind of nuts. Bluetooth 5.2 supports PCIe 3.0 um, 
times four NVMe SSD. Um, triple display support with HDR, with two of them being HDMI 2.1 up to 80 uh, 8K 60 frames a second. One of them USB with display port up to 8K 30 frames a second. Okay. Um, 2.5 gig networking with PoE support. Uh, out of the box, Linux kernel support 5.10, which means normal in air quote Debian Buster, not some special spin, not only Armbian, not only you know Diet Pi, not only you know Raspbian. No, no, true De Debian Buster out of the box will run on this device. Um, that to me is a stack of game changing stats. Ain't no Raspberry Pi board for the next five years going to be able to even come close to competing with the I.O. and the specs of this board. Yeah. Um, with 4K in, it's pretty impressive to me. I mean, that's just kind of crazy. You can use it as a pass-through, as a video recorder, and, you know, it just, yeah, there's, there's way too much possibility there, you know, more than we've ever really had. Yeah, with the HDMI in, you can make this not only a computer, not only a independent recording device, so it doesn't interfere with your gaming rig processor or, or memory. So you can put this between your monitors and your gaming rig and record that. But because it's triple display, you can have one yeah. HDMI in, one HDMI out, and then another dis dis um display port out. I mean, I really don't want to overhype this thing but this is literally the kind of board that i know a lot of people have been dreaming about for at least five years yeah yeah so i mean look there's been more than a couple news things that are happening like the raspberry pi foundation saying no normal uh, boards will be available in any quantity until 2023 and we're literally barely into 2022 um we have the raspberry pi foundation saying that they're going to sell the pico chips in bulk, which I will say, if I was a small um, manufacturer of things, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear I can successfully buy, you know, lots of 2000s of these Pico Raspberry Pi chips to do my home automation, my home appliance kind of little small things. Um, and uh, with that, we have, you know, Pine uh, phone keyboard attachment, which makes it a true clamshell phone with a keyboard is getting nearly rave reviews across the board um we have pine people saying that pine book pros will be available again here shortly um we just have a lot of stuff happening but all i can keep thinking about is 16 gigs of ram nvme support wi-fi yeah, the NVMe is yeah 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 oh and i forgot to mention i think it also has a uh npu which i do believe is basically like a tpu yeah processor on it as well so yeah it's yeah, a neur what is it neural processing unit or something yeah yeah something uh, like uh tpu tensor is a google branded name for it this is just a different name for it oh okay so yeah this is the thing that quite literally we've been waiting weeks to at least talk about uh and it's the kind of thing that i honestly cannot wait i look as much as uh, uh, some of these people on youtube get on my nerves explaining computers uh just get on my nerves because you know it seems like they just you know look like they're like two years ago kind of thing um i am really looking forward to all of them getting this board in and just speaking of its virtues uh about how you know what this board can do because i'm going to be pretty impressed uh at it i'm pretty confident to say with that now 
it is a new processor. It might take six months, eight months, a year for it to really to become really optimized where you can easily do 8K full screen streaming video on it where it's like butter smooth. But, you know, uh, I'm a patient kind of fella. Yeah, I've been uh, been waiting for something like this for a long time, but uh, I've actually been I've been working on a couple things that are uh, a little the same as normal for me, but uh, it's it's become pretty interesting. Like uh, starting to design uh, boards, that's been fun. But uh, I'm able to design boards and have them done, you know, within a couple days, have them back and find out that they're wrong, and you know, but. Uh, Having an ESP32 able to be put on a board and made for me has been a game changer for me, at least for for the business, at least. But it's so where are you getting quick turnarounds like that? Uh, right now I'm doing JLC PCB, which is just you know okay. the standard. But I have a uh, buddy of mine that does uh, well does AEM uh, Electronics, which is a uh, component. Uh, automotive electronics company they do ecus and everything so he's been introducing me to a couple of their suppliers and and their manufacturers so hopefully soon i'll be able to have uh quite a few things mass manufactured and i'm really excited about that oh that's crazy cool yeah no there's uh i think i've seen this in england there's an esp32 uh ecu for cars is that the i think there's one that is I know there's an ESP32 for doing uh, those diesel heaters, because I have one of those. It's an ESP32 that controls the little diesel heaters for RVs and stuff, and those mm-hmm. are pretty neat. But I haven't seen the car ECU, because I don't know how fast that would be, you know? Um, well, yeah, I, it was an ESP chip. I, I know I've it seen might be, YouTube yeah. videos yeah. on it, so I, I'd yeah. have to look. I mean, I can't see it being, you know too slow for it because you know 240 megahertz fast enough for for uh an injector yep yep. fast enough uh, for a spark trigger and an injector trigger and to read uh the crank sensor and the cam sensor yeah but i can't see it having enough input output to do everything you know what i mean but maybe Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. most of it maybe like a four cylinder or something well and i can see it doing a lot of things like on the dash i mean like um oh yeah that's that's gonna be fun yeah bells and whistles galore yeah, so I'll say um, I am, like, really impressed at how my um, NextCloud experience has been over the years. Because for years, I was the own clown guy, where I had it running on my Banana Pie Pro uh, without issue for years without touching it. Uh, switched over to the Rock 64 uh, and with USB 3 out to an external drive. And it's been unbelievably rock solid. I've been able to do upgrades. In the very beginning, I admit, Half the upgrades I did just nuked it to where I had to just uh, uh, nuke the card and restore the configuration from backup. Literally, it was like a 10-minute process, and I was back up and running just fine. But now, for the last like year and a half, I've been going in uh, every couple weeks and by hand doing the updates just so I can see what's happening. Now, the tangent is I, I do this on all my devices. I don't set anything to automatically update except for one thing, and I'm betting you guys don't know what it is. No ICP. No, well, that's, I mean, time's automatic, thing, but I mean, like, software updating. The only thing I let do automatic software updating is podnuts.com because it's WordPress and, you know. I was going to say okay. Windows. Uh, I don't run Windows, so I'll, I'll, I know. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that um, was the joke. Oh. 
even on all my Ubuntu's, I disable all automatic installations of everything. I don't care if it's a security. There, there is one Windows computer in use in this household. Well, my wife uses it, hers, but ding, I don't ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't count yeah, that. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. As, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's like oh, it counts for her. It, it counts because when it ain't, don't do crap right, I gotta fix it. I don't. No, I tell her if she wants me to fix it, go get a Chromebook. Um, mm-hmm. but but like all of my Ubuntu's, I have all the dis- everything disabled. On my Android phone, nothing automatically updates. Um. And on my Rock Pro, running NextCloud, no automatic updates either, just because I want to see what is getting updated. I'm going to be there. Okay, I got the Note 20 Ultra. I do not like the new UI, because they obfuscated stuff. You know, it's just like the Mac OS. It's like, ooh, you know, in a text message, you used to be able to click, like, oh, I want to call that person. Well, now you got to tap their name, and then it showed the dialog box. I'm like, F this, F this. You know, serious, guys. It worked fine beforehand. Why does it have to be a two-tap hidden thing that I can't see and don't know where it is? Yeah, Samsung is getting the Apple rub of we know better than you. And to be honest, mm-hmm. Google Google's doing it a little bit too. You know, they're not completely innocent as far as I'm concerned. Isn't right? uh, Samsung moving to their Tizen? They're moving away from Android, I heard? Um, Not to, well, on the watch. Have, well, they have Tizen oh, wait, running. No, on the watch, they moved away from Tizen. Well, no, no. They, they, they still have one version of one of their watches that runs Tizen. All the rest of them run Android. On their TVs, they're running Tizen, but supposedly they're working with Google, hand by hand, working to put Fuchsia on their phones. I haven't heard oh, okay. Fuchsia in like a year or two. Um, they silently upgraded um, certain Google Hub homes to Fuchsia from Android. And everyone who has one, all of the Android Authority and Android Police and whatever, all of them say you literally can't tell the difference. And if there's no, there's no bigger compliment you can give mm-hmm. a complete operating system replacement upgrade than I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Yeah. So supposedly they're working with them to change their future phones from Android to Fuchsia. Um, and I believe it's because Android does not, or Google does not like the community in air quote owning so much of the Android um, ecosystem and um, like a pull sway kind of thing, because, you know, um, they saw how Chromium, to be honest, Chromium browsers are taking off like a rocket. Not that they have any chance of overtaking Chrome, mind you, but they're getting a certain mind share. And I'm sure Google does not like that. They see Android being forked, being used by Oculus, being used by Amazon, being used by these other companies without their in air quote permission. You know, how dare they, you know, use our stuff and not give us credit kind of thing. Um, so I think they want to move to Fuchsia just so they get more control. Their excuse is they can push out like stuff like security updates easier and simpler uh, over a longer period of time. I think it's really just a question of control. Well, it always is with Google. Subtle control. Do no evil, right? Oh, wait, no. That's was you know, just a suggestion. Yeah. And the other thing that's just been in air quotes working is my Diet Pie server running this Mumble instance. I have two SD cards sitting here. One of them is my Twister OS. And whenever I get ready to do the show, I just literally power it down, pull the SD card out, put in Diet Pie running Mumble. I just let it boot up. And when I see it says that updates are available, I wait till after the show, log in, do the Diet Pie update, and everything just works as always. Um, Diet Pie, again, rock friggin' solid when you need a server, especially a server, like a headless server, to do tasks. It just works. Yeah. Um, I tried Diet Pie with uh, something a few weeks ago, and it just, I couldn't 
get it to work the way I wanted it to. I think it was the wrong uh, distribution for what I was trying to do. I forgot what I was trying to do, but yeah, it ended up not working. But it was super easy to get going. Just yeah, you know, Dive is my default OS uh, across single board computing platforms. Yeah, it's honestly, there's like a couple like golden rules kind of thing. The older the software you want to run or the more stable the software you want to run, the better it will run on DiPi just because it's been around, people know it. Um, Mumble is one of those things. It's been at least 10 years, no, at least 12 years, it's been in people's uh, you know views where they would use TeamSpeak sometimes or Mumble. Each of them had their own advantage. And it's one of those things that you literally could run probably on you know now a three dollar computer you could run a murmur server and it would just run fine so Dor, can we go to line 73 i'm both happy and sad about this one yeah yeah um uh, and now the sad thing i'll say is how everybody uh as soon like two days after i first saw this everybody started reporting on this because it's the kind of thing that nobody wants to admit that we need but then when you go access this website, you see exactly why we need it. And it's just rpilocator.com. Um, we've all I seen thought the... it was like Replicator when you posted the link. I'm like, what the heck? Replicator? What? I'm like, oh, rpilocator. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's one of those things because nobody has any Raspberry Pis. They made this website up where basically they try to keep track and they even show you the last time it was updated. We've all seen, you know, web tracking sites for Xboxes and Playstations and, you know, all those new hotness kind of things. But now it's official. The Raspberry Pi is so popular and so much in demand that now they have to have, now this guy put up uh, dphacks.com put up rpilocator.com where it basically scrapes all these different websites and it tells you what's in stock and literally right now wednesday night 9 39 p.m february 2nd there's only one kind of pie available in one location and that's seed studio in china you can get the rpi compute module 4 with 2 gigs of ram 32 gig mmc with wi-fi and it costs 50 bucks and you cannot get any other raspberry pi anywhere dude do i i ebay my pi zeros that i bought some years ago um i will tell i told a couple people who had raspberry pi fours and raspberry pi zero w2s i said i'm not going to tell you to put them on ebay and make a profit but you could just saying yeah i got a draw full of them yeah like um my um, sister-in-law bought a used Jeep Wrangler around nine months ago, and I tried to show her a month after the fact, if you take it back to that same dealership, you can make like 15% profit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's, boy, stuff is weird, you know? It's just, hey, I'm home, let me buy it. I'm like, oh, no, it's totally out of price range. Everybody else, yeah. you know, bought it up. For me, it's, uh, I have a, a little Kia that I got two years ago, paid nine, uh, paid eight thousand for it. Blue Book, uh, no trade-in value, fourteen grand. Ooh. And uh, let's see, the uh, private party is like fifteen, which makes no sense. Mm. But hmm. trade on trade-ins almost as much as private party now. Yeah, uh, so I, I think it might be two years ago we got the lexus rx450 hybrid for my wife and i could sell it for what i paid for it yeah and uh maybe more you know 
maybe more. Who knows? Uh, and and same thing, my stupid Genesis coupe. Uh, you know, it took a ding from what what year is my car? It's my car is a 2015, but it's holding its value. So I, I'm kind of impressed on that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'll say in other in air quote chip news, I will say it again. There is no such thing as a chip shortage. It's just they can't keep up with demand. Okay. Um, we also have news that um, supposedly NVIDIA is going to give up on buying ARM, and instead ARM is going to go IPO and become its own independent company, which, fine, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, we have uh, RISC uh, V processors still, I'm going to just say again, making really good continuous headway. Uh, I can see now in eight months, we're going to start seeing um, uh, a lot of dual chip boards with like slightly older ARM processors with a, in air quote, RISC V coprocessor doing lots of things, kind of like we have um, uh, boards with Intel and Arduino kind of things baked on the same board. I, I think we're going to start to see RISC V processors taking that uh, market away. But also, we have Intel promising now, I want to say, six total factories, uh, four in Arizona, two in Ohio. Uh, the unfortunate part is it's going to take them literally four years to spin up those manufacturing plants. Um, so we have, you know, car manufacturers literally removing features from their cars so they don't need as many chips just to get cars out of the factory. Um, we have, you know, Raspberry Pi saying they're not going to have constant in stock for at least a year. Uh, we have Elon Musk intelligently, preemptively making deals with everybody. So when all this crap's going down, he's only increased production. Um, we have SpaceX launching more stuff into space in one year than I want to say the previous four years or five years combined. Uh, he has a target goal of 52 launches this year, aka one a week, which is kind of nuts. Um, and but you know, we when we want something, we're going to go out and we're going to find it. And we're going to spend the money, even if we got to put money down and wait weeks for us to get it. Um, so. Yeah. I think it's just going to keep getting tighter, but people are going to be able to figure out for certain things they can charge premium, and we'll just pay it anyway. You know, comment in the chat from Chatter on the Wire. You guys going to talk about Wise wanting to charge for the 12 second cloud storage going forward? They let you pay what you want, so that was a zero for me for now. Uh, you know, anytime a company says, "Well, it's going to be free, but you can pay what you want," what that is is I a litmus test. Yeah, what that is is a litmus test, and they don't want to pull like a last pass, where last pass foolishly sold out, started raising prices, raising prices, raising prices. Figured out now there are too many people doing mass exodus, so let's split this off the separate company and let it do its thing. They're doing the opposite. They're saying, okay, now how much would you pay? Hoping some people out there are going to say five or ten bucks a month. So then they're thinking, hopefully maybe we can charge three or four bucks a month and keep like eighty percent of our customers. Yeah, I uh, I think I do the. Uh... I think I do like a bit. I think I do do a dollar a month or something for the wise. Um, but I do the the person detection stuff, which I'm going to be ending pretty right. soon because um, I did the uh, the RTSP uh, firmware on all my wise threes. And and I could do the RTSP and just pipe it through my home assistant with the yeah, Brigid NVR. There were no audio. Sorry, thank you. Um, and the only reason I personally don't keep up with any of the wise things was because I'm never going to buy anything that A, I don't have root on, I can't log in and control everything, but B, anything that requires an external connection to anywhere outside of my network, I'm never spending any money on. Because then I have faith that A, that company's going to be around forever, 
or as long as I want them to be. B, they're never going to be compromised. They're never going to be on the vulnerable list of you know getting exploited. They're not going to get ransomware. They're not going to have some company go buy them and then change their intent. Um, so when the wise things, I mean, literally in my Google feed, I see like sometimes two or three people reporting the same thing on Linux stuff, on mini PC stuff, on hardware stuff, on ARM stuff, on RISC-V stuff. I haven't seen a wise thing in my Google feed for maybe six months. Last time it was, it was that wise watch. Yeah. Um, interesting thing about the, uh, the uh, beta firmware is if you're not connected to the internet, the RTSP still works. It still works. Uh, it doesn't have to phone home anymore. I mean, you won't mm-hmm. get it outside of your network, but you know, it'll always work. That's why, yeah, you know, if, I if they start to... charging, I, I might just go to RTSP and call it a day. Yeah. That's why, that's why I'm doing it for the automation that I'm doing because, uh, you know, I'm, well, I'm camera is a internet. really good piece of hardware, but yeah, yeah, I, I can do, you know, AI on my own network. Yeah, um, the only one that I do like a, a bit better is the the uh, EUFY. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more expensive, but it is 2K RTSP uh, native, and it's just a good camera. But unfortunately, the one that you can get for $39 is technically an indoor-only camera. I mean, you can 3D print a uh, a case for it that will make it weatherproof. You could buy a case that's weatherproof, but you're spending more money on it. You're spending more time on it. Um, with the Wise, you just plug it in. You put a SD card in with a uh, with the firmware on it. You turn it on, and it hooks up. That's it. Yeah, I'm still not completely. Well, I'll put it like this: If I did have a camera in my network that was remotely accessible, certain things could have been done. Okay. Just, I'm going to ask you guys to don't like overly judge me, but twice in the last three months, we don't have a storm door on our house. We just have our main door and that's it. Twice in the last like six months, we as a family have left the house. Once I'm pretty sure I was the last person who left the house. We drove 40 minutes away to my sister-in-law's house, you know, six, eight hours later, we came home and the front door was open the entire time. As in unlocked? No, as in open. Oh, no. Um, thankfully, my oldest son's cat was just fine. Now, they, oh when, when we picked the cat up, they told us the cat was feral, okay? The cat has a piece of its ear basically clipped off with a tattoo mm-hmm. inside of its ear, which is how you identify feral cats. Yet, this cat will not go out the front door. I'm thinking to myself, it might have been prepped to be a feral cat, but it was never actually a feral cat. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing was missing from the house at all, both times. Oh, now, I don't live in, you know, off Martin Luther King Boulevard, you know, I don't live in a fancy neighborhood kind of thing. I'm somewhere in the middle where, yeah, once in a while I see a crackhead walking down the street checking uh, um, car doors at like 2 in the morning. But you're kind of at the end of the road, right? I used to be at the end of the road when I bought the house. Then they decided to extend the road and go back, so now I'm on like a loop. Realistically, if a car comes down my road, it's an event. Um, we have certain jerks who are just like speeding down my road, I'll say that. Um, now, if I had a camera, I could have at least on my phone checking and saw it kind of thing um now the last camera i had was suggested to me by a psychopath i'm gonna say mental invalid maybe what i'm gonna say where he said it doesn't need to connect to the outside world okay i get that the only way to use it it's connected to the outside world and the server it connects to on the internet is http only okay oh wow 
I swear the last time I turned the camera on for any length of time, which was maybe for like a couple hours, within 20 minutes of me turning it on, I got a notification saying somebody from Russia, and then three minutes later, somebody from California, and then a minute later, somebody from New York has logged into my Twitter account. So you bought it off a crackhead or? No, I trusted the words of a crackhead who said it was a safe, secure, uh, only in your land networking option. Yeah. Yeah. So it's unplugged, just sitting there doing nothing. Good idea. And I tried to see if there's a place I can replace the firmware. I can't even remember the name of it right now. I I can't find it. So I might shoot you guys a link. Yeah, that's surprisingly talking about devices and firmware longevity. I, I'm still shocked. Uh, more than seven years ago, I got the Asus RTAC68U. Not only are there continuous updates, they added features as, uh, like a couple of years ago, AI Mesh, but the new versions of that router that are $200 support AI Mesh and the same thing. So if I wanted to upgrade my router to the newest version, I could unplug this, plug a new one in, make it another node, and you know still utilize the hardware. I'm just shocked. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I became a fan of the mesh. I'm not gonna lie. Um, when I first, you know, my my last router, like two point four gigahertz, man, that thing choked doing anything. Then, um, my wife let me upgrade our home FiOS to gigabit. Nope, I need to update the routers. Ain't no question about that. Uh, came from a suggestion from Liam Tidwell. He told me to buy a refurbished Linksys VLOP three pack mesh network. It was only like one hundred and fifty bucks. Like, super cheap. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. And each node has two network ports on it, and each network port is, um, um, it can be either a WAN or a LAN port. It knows what you want to do, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I have one master node sitting here. I cannot connect, disconnect the Fios router, because that does my preview guide and crap like that. And it helps with the DVR across the network. So I have my Fios router, one VLOP here, one VLOP up uh, on the opposite side of the house, up a floor, and then the third opposite side, up a floor. And I'm literally on newer Wi-Fi devices, easily getting uh, 100 to 180 megs both ways. Now, are they all hardwired, or are they all just meshing? The only one hardwired is the one down here. All the rest are meshed. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, so nice. it's completely My solid. mesh nodes are hardwired. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely now completely sold on mesh networking. Now, the gimmick is my oldest son on the top floor wants to buy a gaming computer. First, I have to explain to him, this is the worst time in history to want a gaming computer. Um, and then when he says, well, I'm going to ask him what kind, he says the best. I'm, well, then you better have $2,800 ready. And At least. And you're still going to have to wait three months. So I like slightly worry about network, network speeds. Now, I do have a Ethernet over power, not PoE, Ethernet over power where I can literally okay. connect my cat six to the outlet, go up to his room, outlet. My mesh network is still faster. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because mm-hmm. you're going through a surge protector. Uh, not here. No. If there's if there's any kind of disruption at all in a in a power line, it kills it. But you know, yeah. Well, I know it's jumping fuses, and when yeah. when the one that guy said, like if you're on the same loop of the fuse, you get fantastic speeds. Once you jump to a different part of the house, you're losing it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, if you have 220 in the house and you're on a different leg of the 220, it won't work. So there's some issues. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I'm hoping is I'm going to you know get the exact specs of 
the mesh routers and try to make sure whatever he gets, because he could, the gimmick is he wants to be able to connect his Oculus to it for a better Oculus experience. So then mm-hmm. I told him, well, you have to, now you have a job. You need to find out what does Oculus, what is the best thing to get? Is it CPU, GPU, RAM, or networking speeds? And it's going to say everything. I know. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be nothing more than GPU. Now, of course, network play lag, you know, that. Um, but it's going to be game specific because, you know, some games, like um, I've found out Borderlands 2, it looks graphically pleasing as far as I can tell. Runs on seven-year-old hardware like it's butter smooth. It's because it's it's more uh, CPU optimized than GPU optimized. So, you know, as long as I have an i7 even from, you know, five years ago, it runs just fine. Well, unfortunately, guys, I got to get going tonight. Uh, sorry to uh, take off so early. That's okay, man. Uh, just shoot me your file, please. I will. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Okay, I will say that we have, it's one of those things, again, we have way too many notes, Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I will say just to, like, uh, highlight very, like, softly, uh, there's another version of air quote in, of Ubuntu. It's not an official version of Ubuntu called Ubuntu Web. Uh, it's supposed to be geared towards more lower-end devices, but I'll say I did um, install on a couple of devices, pleasantly impressed by it, but it really does want to use a lot of cloud services. Um it wants to use, I want to say it's called slash E slash, which is the British equivalent of like a, um, trying to think how it is. They have their own Android version. They have their own cloud ecosystem where you pay something really small, like a buck or two a month, and it will sync everything between all your computers with an office application, calendar application, um, um, contacts, all that wrapped up in like one ecosystem. Um, and I found oh, it to cool. be cool is what I'm going to say, but I have my own next cloud server. If I want to host a calendar and contacts, it's just going to be right there. Mm-hmm. And I will say there was another Redaxa board announced. Indeed. Uh, line You're looking 40, at line 65? Oh. I would say line 42, which is the one new, on line 65. new Rock 3A brought to you by Redaxa uh, Rock Chip, where this one is running a RK30 568 quad core up to 2 gigahertz uh, Maui G52 with a GPU and it was a 0.8 T uh, NPU the other one had a 1.0 NPU uh, pluggable EMMC so removable e- EMC uh, 248 gigs of RAM again which I really do like um, two USB sockets two USB 3.0 one OTG and one host uh, Gigabit with PoE, M.2, uh, Mini DSi, and 40 GPIO pins. So this is definitely Raspberry Pi form factor-like. So, okay, USB 3 power, right? Full-size single HDMI, which I'm okay with, because most of the stuff, I'm like I said, I'm running headless. Uh, so the M2, what's the M2 for? That's the... Uh, M2, M2M. M2 is like an NVMe drive, except M2, I believe, is like the postage stamp size. Typically, yeah, so we it... got the NVMe and M2E key. Okay, for so it doesn't have native Wi-Fi on board, but you can drop those cards in. Yeah, typically the M.2 is for either Which... Wi-Fi, Bluetooth combo, or for LTE boards. Which, you know what? I'm okay with that. I, I found, um, what were the... It was a rock, uh, it was the rock chip board, but it was packaged and sold on Amazon for like a couple of dollars. And I bought a couple of them. But what was the, what were they calling it? It was some security device. 
and it came with a screen. And basically, I had a Wi-Fi dongle kick it around. Yep, you got it right there. And uh, I just threw it on. I threw on Recon Sentinel. Yeah, that's it. So if you missed that deal, you missed a really good deal. Because not only did you get the board, the power supply, a case with a display that door's holding up right now, you got, I think it was the 2-gig version, might have been a 1-gig version. I, I think it was the 2-gig version. And I'm, I'm running them as uh, Octoprint servers on my 3D printers. So perfect, you know, just super price point. So it's great when you get in on those things. Yeah. Uh, Looks like one gig. Oh, it is one gig? Oh, okay. Yes, it's one gig. Yeah, it works. Works fine as a print ser- uh, 3D print server. So uh runs Octoprint just fine. So it's not a big deal to drop in. Like, hey, a lot of the stuff I have is headless, and it's plugged straight into my network. Some of the things I'm going to want Wi-Fi on it. And just throw a, what's a what's a USB Wi-Fi dongle, dongle cost? I mean, a cheapy. Yes, yeah, like three you know, bucks, five, ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much five bucks and under, you can find a dongle. So I, I'm okay with no Wi-Fi on board. I'm finding it interesting. I I kind of miss that. Like, hey, there's uh the the uh neural processing unit on board. That's kind of cool. And uh, you just got to make sure there's some sort of software that works with it. Yeah, I think we're 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 almost out of the stage where they're putting it on and don't already have rock solid hardware to run on it. I think we're getting really close to you'll just be able to, you know, install a module and voila, it's gonna automatically know how to offload processes to those mm-hmm. N- mm-hmm. N- NPUs. Because you know there's an M I don't know, is an M2M, there's an M2 version of the Google Coral. So even if the board like say, hey, maybe you're not compatible with the MPU, you could get the Google Coral for that. And the only cheap Google Coral is the M2. Gotcha. Um, now, which other one from Redaxa were you looking at? It was line 64. Was it 60? Why am I not seeing it? I would say because 65 has the Redaxa Pi Zero inspired board. 66 oh, has the um, Orange Pi inspired boards. And 67 has the Redaxa E25 dual 2.5 gigabit carrier board. Actually, that's kind of interesting. Let's talk about that one. Because I kind of looked on it. I don't know if it's something I'd want or if it's it's interesting. Let's put it that way. Very interesting. Yeah, dual 2.5 gig board is really, I think, where a lot of these things are going to be moving in the future. Um, Dare I say, I mean, I know me and you both have kind of mixed feelings about compute modules. Um, Mm -hmm. They're almost unnecessarily high-priced. And the right. carrier and the carrier boards seem like they're not yet to, came to a sane level of pricing. I mean, some of them are fine, mm-hmm. fine price, but some of them are incredibly. And I'm just going to put it like this: stupid tangent. We have the one board. I'll see if I can find it where it has eight USB 3.0 um, <laughs> um, sockets on it, and they're a uh, style A sockets. So there's eight USB 3.0 sockets, okay? Or yeah, USB 3.0 sockets. And then they have PCIe on board. And they have an NVMe drive on. Okay, all of them require PCIe type connection. They only have three buses on board. Okay, I can tell you right now, one bus is devoted to the NVMe. One bus is devoted to the um um. Oh God, the other thing I just said. And they and they only have one bus devoted to the eight USB 
three sockets. So there is no way in hell you are going to get even remotely close to full speed off of even two. Not, yeah, not simultaneous. Right? Yeah. Um, so to have eight USB three ports on a board like that, to me, is literally just because you want to have massively, massive amounts of redundant storage where speed has nothing to do with it because nothing you put in those devices will be fast. Even if you put USB devices that are powered separately from the wall warts, you're still not going to get any speed that's even worth using except for like Amazon Glacier type backups kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Okay. Um, this board is just, to me, it's another example of how Redaxa is kind of going crazy and just putting all kinds of stuff out there. And this is the kind of board I don't expect is going to get tons of traction. But I can see, hypothetically, Rich, I was fired tomorrow from my job. And I wanted to start up a small consulting business where uh, my main target is Soho, you know, small home office or, mm -hmm. or small offices under 50 people where I would offer good, um, uh, like, you know, after hours um, maintenance and support. And uh, I would get, you know, constant emails throughout the day. You know, the, you know, where I would tell people their computer's infected before even they know. Uh, AKA, you know, I'd be like one of the, um, can't remember the acronym now, but I'd be one of those guys doing that kind of computer support. I could see buying these kinds of boards with dual 2.5 gig because I could put that on virtually any network that's not fiber-based. No one would ever be able to tell the board is on there because it would not do anything negligible to the speed of the devices. And I could use that as like an intelligent pass-through device where it can be a gateway and I can literally monitor all the traffic and I can say you as a company have no reason to have direct connections to this country and I can literally mm -hmm. geo-block mm -hmm. IP addresses out the wazoo with no issues whatsoever on this super cheap low-end board and offer level of protection that otherwise only huge enterprises can even begin to offer or if the person's really good at PFSense, you know, they can offer mm -hmm. that, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of protection. Um, but PFSense still does not have official support for ARM devices, I believe. Is what yeah, they have saying. their own device that's Pi format size. I don't, I don't know what the hardware is, but they, they have their own device, and it's like they're not sharing the source. Yeah. But isn't there a uh, some version of PFSense that's open source? I, uh, I, I think there's like an, I think there might be an ARM version. There is a forked version of it. Um, in air quotes, you don't get, you know, A, you can't get the same level of support, which is obvious, but, uh, and I do believe their updates are, I want to say on average about three to four months behind, which isn't the end of the world because you really don't hear a lot about zero, um, zero day flaws in PFSense. At least I haven't heard it. Uh, so I think this would be one of those good alternatives, you know, as long as you're comfortable with using a ARM based operating system, this could be a really useful functional piece of hardware inside of another ecosystem. And I do believe I have that Raspberry Pi Compute Module 4 board bookmark here in the system. Give me a second here. And I just want to say hi to Cheddar on the Wire. I'm super mad I can't find that board. Um, and, I and I want to say the reason I didn't bookmark it was because the first, where, the first place I saw it was a Jeff Gearling uh, YouTube video where he I don't want to insult the guy because he seems like a really nice guy. Um, it's painfully obvious when someone gives him hardware 
because when there's a negative part of it, he, I don't want to say glosses over it, but he doesn't dig into it. He just would mention it as a shortcoming, but not really go into it. Like, oh, it's a pre-release, but by the time you're watching this video. Well, that, and he did mention, you know, there's eight USB ports. There's a dedicated PCIe port, that's what it is, and an NVMe drive. And then he said, all these are powered off three uh, um, host chips. I'm like, uh, you should go, you should tell people about why that sucks. Because realistically, on most boards, you want at least one host controller for every two USB ports. Worst case scenario, every four USB ports. Mm -hmm. um, to have three of those for an NVMe, a PCIe, and eight USB three ports is ridiculous. Now, he, and he did mention offhandedly that, yes, they could have removed four of those USB four ports saved money and offered it to us. And my logic is, yeah, yeah, I should have, because you would have got a lot better speed out of them. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Um, so if you want to know about the board, uh, if you don't know Jeff Geerling, uh, he does an insane amount of documentation on the stuff that he does on his home network. So if you like to copy paste, his site's a very good site to uh, go to. Okay, and there it is now. For some reason, I'm able to at least find the Redaxa desktop level. Uh, board that we talked about in the very beginning, where at the very beginning I couldn't find it on my list. Okay, so I got that, so that's good. Um, yeah, um, and I will say, in I can see these kinds of boards very soon, not quite, very soon. When I say that, it's going to be two to three years, uh, seeing ARM type computers replacing at least uh, receptionist level computers and replacing um, point of sale systems. I can see these higher end. Sure. Stuff take taking their place. And there it is, Rich Line 73. Uh link to Tom's hardware guide, which I will say, man, Tom's hardware guide really likes their ads. <laughs> Thankfully I'm running this on a uh this computer done this one on a pie hole, so you don't really see a lot of the ad. Okay, but yeah, Pi Gear Nano Compute Module 4 Carrier Board is the new USB King. Um <laughs> You know, it's one of those things, I understand why they did it, because now they can say, we have all this I.O. that nobody else has, and they're not going to be lying. But it, it's not like you could plug eight USB hard drives into that and get full speed access. So if you're plugging in stupid devices that are low bandwidth, fine. You, you got eight ports, and that could be important to you. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure there's, and, and it, honestly, Rich, we've said this since the beginning kind of thing. No mini PC, no single board computer will meet everyone's needs. Kind of like no one Linux distro will meet everyone's needs. You have to pick and choose what do you sure. prioritize. And I'm sure there's somebody out there who are thinking to themselves, I've been waiting for something with more than four USB ports so I can do mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Uh, and I can't tell them they're wrong. I can say, um... I have absolutely zero use case for anything even remotely like this on top of the fact that then you need to also buy a compute module on top of it. See, all right, now that that's my beef. Why would I want to buy a compute module? See, in, in my mind, the only use for a compute module is clustering or very specialized hardware. And I hate to say it, this isn't the specialized hardware I'd want. Yeah, and I mean, just for the board itself, Two hundred dollars. Um, I could buy just a USB hub. 
powered. I could buy anything, a rock pie, a rock pro, a orange pie, a pine board, and then, yes, a simple USB hub and get, in some cases, better results. Right. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I like about this, I will say, is it's in it's a mini ITX form factor. I do see a lot more ARM devices, I'll say, stretching out into becoming a mini ITX form factor just because the cases exist. It's a known form factor. The you know you because there's nothing between mini ITX and Raspberry Pi that anyone can call a standard. Right, right. There's micro ITX, so that's true, uh, true. the Redaxa board uh, is going to be in a micro ITX. So the unfortunate thing about uh, the 16 gig Redaxa board, I was it 219, so it'll be like 170 with a 50 bucks off. And you're still going to need a micro case with a power supply. So you're, you're going to have to, you know, BYO case and power supply on that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but, but I, you're getting a I, And I, I just upped, I, I ordered three, I ordered two more, you know, I, or I bought two more of the $5 whatevers to get 50 bucks off. Gotcha, gotcha. Only bad thing about doing a show, well, the other bad thing about doing a show this infrequently is right for me to order the notes takes a little bit longer just because of the insane length of the notes. Yep. Oh, um, line 47. Um, Rich, I want to say we all knew this was coming. The only question is, is how big, how serious and how uh, much of an impact is this going to make in air quotes around the world? Um, we knew for a while, for instance, Russia had all of its important officials literally using typewriters manual typewriters to do their documentation and storing it away because uh, typewriters are unhackable. Okay. And that's the reason why um, we knew when the risk board, uh, the, the risk V board stuff was heating up, Russia made it clear they were going to make their own chip. Uh, why? Because if I was Russia, I would make my own chip. I wouldn't trust arm. I wouldn't trust Intel. I wouldn't trust AMD. I wouldn't trust anything that comes outside of my country because I'm Russia. So, uh, the Russian manufacturer is going to make a 48-arm-based um, core board, uh, and it's going to use RISC-V coprocessors for safe boot management. Um, don't be shocked. This is the way I'm going to put it. Don't be shocked if this actually gets a little bit of success inside Russia, and then you have nearly every other country in the world for any for their own reasons, just for um, you know to be 100% confident. Um, North Korea, of course, China, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. But also, don't be shocked if Turkey does this. Don't be shocked if Switzerland mm. does this. Don't be shocked mm -hmm. if South Africa does this. Brazil so, or the U.S. So you're talking about fragmentation, 48 core. Well, I'm sure it'll be one of those things. Uh, like, I don't know if you remember, Rich, back in the day, I want to say it was when Obama first got into office, he wanted his BlackBerry. So they literally had a specially crafted BlackBerry with certain hardware stuff on it where it was supposed to make it more uh, unhackable. I could see like a government saying, okay, you're working in the NSA. Okay. Your work when you're doing X, Y, and Z is going to be on this computer because we know yes. for a fact when yes. you're on this computer, as long as the information stays on this computer, it doesn't go over the network. You are not going to have any chance of any backdoor that we don't know of. Cause of course they'll put their own backdoors in there because mm -hmm. cause government. Um, I don't want to say this is the future of government computing, but, I think it's going to turn out to be an avenue that a lot of governments uh, try out, is the way I'll put it. 
I guess if it's easy to design your own CPU, then, then that's quite possible. And, and just let, let's talk about it. I Whether you love or hate Mac, there's a little bit of genius that they have like a handful of phones that their OS runs on, you know, whereas Android has to run on hundreds of different devices all the time. Likewise, same with their compute hardware is, well, even worse now. So it's the same chip in the phone as it is in the tablet, as it is in the, the laptop or desktop. So everything is running the same hardware, and soon it'll all be running the same OS. Yep. The only difference is the government's advantages are they'll also be able to control who has access to the hardware. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I would say that's that. Don't be shocked if um, now enterprise news is maybe the most boring news you could ever do in your life, only next to government computing tech news. Um, but I do think this is going to be one of those things that is going to be a reality for a lot of countries. And dare I say institution, I can see Apple even, you know, having custom chips that only their developers use that they know, mm-hmm. you know, n- no one else is on them. Okay, Rich, was there any other things on the list that you think jump out at you? Hold on, it's refreshing. Okay, let's just hit 72 for the heck of it. Gotcha, gotcha. So is this, I, I was trying to understand this, is this a Pi Zero with a Coral uh, chip on it? Um, The way I'll say it is essentially yes, but no. I mean, it's the form, it looks like the form factor of either the Raspberry Pi Pico or the Raspberry Pi Zero. It's hard to tell, but it's, it's one of those form factors. And yeah, with a TPU on it. Um. The reason I say no, not a Raspberry Pi Zero is because a Pi Zero is basically a full form factor computer. This has just a little bit less, is what I want to say, because it has only one USB-C type port on it. And, and then it has your normal um, GPIO headers, 100-pin board-to-board connection, um, and things like that. But it has basically only one, one it says Gbit, 128 flash memory with 512 megabits of RAM. Um, so they're saying, but it should be cheaper than $100. Yeah, I, to me, this is the kind of board where it looks like these are the kind of boards you could stack up together and just have as, like, separate cores running off of a higher-end board on the side. Yeah, but I don't see a male and female on this. I only see one gender socket. So I'm not sure what it stacks on. I'm assuming, you know, it fits on some other board. This would be the daughter board on another board. Um, and it, that's what those sockets are. It wouldn't shock me if it's over USB-C for both power and for most of the communications. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, and what I want to say I did here is the good thing about the Tensor uh, 2 specification is it basically is completely compatible with the Tensor 1 code. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, so if you do have something coded towards the first version of it, in air quotes, it should work just fine. It won't be optimized for the new stuff, but at least it should work. So right now, uh, there's a Google Coral, uh, let's see, it's a G950, and it looks like Raspberry Pi 3 or 4 type uh, format, and it's 132 bucks. and I'm waiting for my browser to load. Maybe I didn't click the right place. So, Seed Studio seems to have Google Coral boards. I'm looking for the M2, because that last time I was, you know, browsing around, 
the the because the USB Google Coral that I bought like two years ago is I think I bought it for like I don't know if it was fifty or sixty bucks and it went down like ten or twenty bucks. So I'm like, eh, let me buy one. And I just threw it on the shelf, and now I have a need for one. And the USB ones I think are over a hundred dollars now if you can find them. Yeah, I do think the last time I saw them it was more than a hundred bucks. But I, I think the M2 were still reasonable. So if you have an M2 slot and need a Google Coral, you can find that. I'm trying to find pricing on it. Yeah, and I do think that the um, the Coral boards are getting some uptick, is what I'm going to say, where it where I think some developers are finding it easy to have their low-cost board and just plugging one of these up to it and offloading work to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's where I'm running all of the frigid NVR is on the Google Coral. Yeah, well, right now on Coral.ai, which is their main website, it looks like you can get a USB accelerator, uh, originally 74 bucks, starting right now at 60 bucks. Okay. So maybe they just came back in stock. Yeah, yeah the thing is these USB ones only support TensorFlow Lite, not the full TensorFlow um, um, like programming language. Gotcha. Yeah, so the Mini PCIe Accelerator is $24.99. The M2 Accelerator is $24.99. So these are very reasonably priced. Here's another M2 Dual Edge TPU, and it's $39.99. That's, that's a freaking steal in a heartbeat. Anyhow, my wife made me work out. I'm tired. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I had to go into work. For some reason now, my job wants me to come in three days a week. Um, Ah, fun. Well, they, okay, we're in software development, okay? By we, I mean, I am, I don't know. Uh, long story why I'm in software development. Um, The admin group I'm, I was a part of are five days remote. The only time you got to come into the office is if something physically breaks and you need to replace it. Um, mm -hmm. The database team I was a part of, five days remote. The only time you got to come in, they say, like once every, you know, six to eight weeks, just to have like a, a sit down with your management. How's everything going? How are you feeling? You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, my group is you're in the office three days a week and no one can figure out why. Um, so I just kindly asked my boss, are you trying to get people to quit? Because this is how you get people to quit. But I digress. So I'm exhausted from having to drive. And I also explained to him, this cost me money. My insurance, right, right. Yeah, my insurance rates dropped on my car because I went from, you know, 300 miles in a week to two. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, my gas went up. I'm paying tolls now. So where's my pay raise? Yeah, I'm not getting a pay raise. Um, I will just say again, if you are interested in mini board computings, I definitely encourage you guys um check out some of these links that we have thrown you your guys' way. But I will say this Rock Five Model B will be, I think, the highlight of uh single board computing enthusiast for this year. I think once this thing comes in stock and once it goes out, everyone's going to have a blast doing things mm -hmm. on it that they didn't think you were going to be able to do with a single board computer. Yep. Yeah, I, I reached out to um, Ameritroid. I'm like, hey, if you got a pre-release or something like that, let me know. Absolutely. Very cool, very cool. Okay, Rich, uh, what's the simplest, easiest way for people to uh, keep up and catch up with you? Uh, flyingrich.com. There's a uh, contact me and I'm on the grams at flyingrich underscore official and Shadow on the Wire follows me around different places I am. Gotcha, gotcha. How did the upgrade go? I know uh, a couple months back you were going to try to upgrade the entire site. Did that go smooth? 
Which site? Oh, oh, it worked for a while and then stopped working. Yeah, so <laughs> flyingrich.com you're talking about. Yeah, yeah for whatever yeah. reason, I, I do have to get, I have new software, i got to get the PHP upgraded by the hosting company. So I'm beholding to them. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, thank everyone for downloading and subscribing. Thanks everyone for their support on Patreon. Um, I didn't, forgot to check, I'm not going to lie, if we got any emails. I do not believe we had any emails for at least a little while is what I'll say. Um, I want to thank everyone for coming out. Uh, Chatter, John, uh, Captain, Red, uh, and I think that might be everybody. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sending me. A lot me of those guys I know in person. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for sending me emails and Voxer and stuff just to, you know, make sure I'm still kicking. Uh, 2022, my real prediction, we're going to do more podcasts. That's a good prediction. Very cool. That's good. Very cool. Rich, thank you for coming out, man. I will talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is everyday tech for everyday people. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think.